Today's episode of On Shuffle is brought to you by YouTube Music. YouTube Music is a new app that combines everything you expect from a streaming service with the magic of YouTube to bring it all to life. With YouTube Music Premium, you'll get ad-free music that plays with the screen off or while other apps are open. Finally. Get music whenever you want it, even if you're offline. Download the new YouTube Music app today and start your free 30-day trial. Then just pay $9.99 per month. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's another episode of On Shuffle. I'm your host, Micah Peters, staff writer at The Ringer. And today we're going to switch up the format a little bit because we have a special guest. We had a good conversation. We're just going to jump straight into it. Shad Cabango, known affectionately as Shad, is a Canadian rapper and a self-fashioned hip-hop scholar. He also beat Drake for a Juno Award in 2011 with his third studio album, TSOL. This past October, alongside the second season of his Netflix show, Hip Hop Evolution, a crash course in how hip hop became the big mini face thing that it is from the people who made it, he released his fifth album, A Short Story About War, which he's currently in town here in Los Angeles touring. Stop by the office to talk his music, old music, new music, the past, and the future. Shad, how are you doing today, man? I'm great. I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Ringer fan, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's good to hear, man. Yeah. And it's especially cool because I think the first time I used the word enjambment in an essay, in a critical essay that was not about Sylvia Plath, was about telephones on, on TSL, actually. Oh, crazy. Yeah. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, but it's been five years since your last album. Yeah. Uh, the last one came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been booked and busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the musical hiatus is understandable. Yeah. Um, but a short story is also like more urgent and more aggressive than the music that you've released in the past. Is yeah. there something specific that inspired you towards Azure Prop? Was it? Yeah. Well, what it was, was um, the funny thing is it, I didn't want to make an album like this, mm-hmm. you know, because I do think, like you were saying, most of my music is not like that. And I think actually my strong suit is not really making music like this, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but about five years ago, this story kind of popped into my mind about a war. And that was odd. And it was an odd experience because I'm, I'm not that imaginative of a person. I don't usually get these like fictional stories. Mm-hmm. Other worlds that pop into my mind. So it felt special and inspired in a sense. Um, but I still wasn't thinking about making an album around that story. Um, but then that story kind of stayed with me for like five years. It just became like this lens through which I was seeing the world. And so when it came time to make an album again, when I finally had some time to do that, um, it just kind of made sense. It was like, yeah, this feels inspired and feels like a, a creative challenge, you know, almost precisely because it's not exactly my strong suit. Mm-hmm. And because, uh, yeah, just just trying to make this world come alive is is not an easy thing to do. So it felt like a good creative challenge and it just felt inspired. But it's not really what I wanted to do. Right? <laughs> like this world, like right now, I wanted to give people a very different feeling. Yeah. The album is is structured around the concept of the sniper and the fool. Mm-hmm. That's where bones are found. You gotta own the ground. Who controls the ground? Sniper from a higher up elevation, higher firing power from a higher education, higher up the corporate ladder, the higher your social station always. 
um, and the sniper is kind of the person that's destructive and largely like kind of take no prisoners. I'm gonna step on your face if it if it if that's what it takes. Yeah. And then the fool is. Nowadays I feel wavy, like I'm walking on water. I wasn't training the navy, but we fight for these waters because these waters they save me. All water is holy water. I bathe in it daily. Now can you tell me what the water's worth? You know, somebody who drinks plenty of water and spends a lot of time with family and thinks that he's bulletproof. Yeah. Um, could you actually talk a little bit more about, about the world? Yeah, yeah about sure. The world? Yeah, so the story that popped into my mind, you know, I just, for some reason, uh, I saw this desert world. Mm-hmm. And this world was at war, you know. And I saw this world get populated with these different characters. So I saw this sniper mm-hmm. that was literally higher, you know, like a sniper is, elevated, and uh, but also kind of like lonely and complicated emotionally, and and I saw uh, this fool character that you described that in the middle of all this violence just doesn't believe that bullets can actually hurt you, like thinks everyone is crazy for running and shooting and yeah. hiding and ducking and stuff. Um, anyways, and and all of these characters to me, I just saw their parallels right away to our world. I'm like, yeah, the sniper, you know, he's elevated just like people are metaphorically elevated in our society and that gives them power and safety, but at the same time, they're participating in violence right, in a way that's removed and distant. kind of like cordon the masses. And, yeah, 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 and they can also rationalize the way that they're participating in violence because it's a little bit more clean and distant and all this stuff. It was like, oh, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so anyways, uh, that's this world, you know? So there's like a revolutionary kind of force and an establishment and, and a sniper and this fool character. And, uh, and then, of course, the desert to me was also a metaphor for our landscape in a lot of ways environmentally but also just sort of like spiritually and Mm -hmm. stuff so Mm -hmm. yeah it just felt really rich in meaning but not exactly what I wanted to to make (laughs) nowadays I was going for initially not what I was going for initially but you just kind of got to follow what feels inspired sometimes you know yeah I can't remember exactly what what song it was I think it was was on the earlier EP but it was just like you went on like this three bar run talking about how you don't use the internet it's just like I don't understand Reddit or Twitter or any of these things and it's just kind of like this kind of reads like a trending topics but in a you know like with the context of the story around it yeah yeah um was it about teaching a lesson or Mm -hmm. was it more about documenting a process of learning what it was was about um because to me this whole war world what it's about is this fool character um questioning whether or not this violence is like real kind Mm -hmm. of and uh and so to me at the, the the album is essentially this question of around fear. Mm-hmm. And if fear is what drives a lot of our violence in the world, and whether that fear is based on a real threat or actually just kind of an illusion, you know, and so to me, this there's this central question that's interesting of like, if we were to disarm ourselves, so to speak, like to be more open and loving, would we be crushed by the world or would we be more free? So that's what I was left thinking about for like five years because of this fool character. Like, uh-huh. huh, what if I tried today to, you know, be more open? Like, would that would I be crushed or would I be more free? So that's what I was trying to explore, you know, yeah. um, like that spiritual level to it, mm-hmm. and like, but the political overtones they they're they're, they're just there. You yeah, know? yeah, I, it's definitely the the early three to the first three tracks, specifically mm-hmm. the the revolution slash establishment one. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
Look, we don't make war. We make sure that there's order. We just follow orders. We just fill orders for more ballistics, munitions, equipment, permissions, provisions. We just design defense systems and ship them on time. Listen, my Where it's kind of you have the the. Uh, like the organizer screaming into this into the the bullhorn and yeah. then you have like you know the the business person being like you know we we don't actually make war this is like we're just trying to protect our own here yeah yeah um but you kind of make a case for the usefulness of anger but mm-hmm. also stress the importance of staying positive yeah, is yeah. that more difficult like day to day yeah yeah, you know, anger is a difficult one, right? Because righteous anger is so important. But I think what I was kind of exploring a little bit with anger on this album is like, is there a point where anger tips over and you're no longer thinking about what you're for or what you love and you're just consumed by what you're against, you know? Mm. And I feel like that's maybe this tipping point that you hear with some of these characters. Some of them are expressing a righteous anger in a way that you know, is maybe poignant and powerful and impactful. And some of them, maybe it's tipping over to just um, like a destructive impulse Mm -hmm. as opposed to, yeah, something that's ultimately kind of creative. Yeah. You also... The the cool thing about this is is that there's not actually resolution, so to speak. At the end of the... The the album ends on uh, another year, where you begin by saying the moral of the story is the battle just continues on inside each of us every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of as far as I could get with the story, you know, is that I think that is kind of, it plays out every day in yeah. very ordinary ways. You know, we we think about everything on a political level now and on how we're contributing to racism, sexism, or, you know, in either positive or a negative way. But at the end of the day, in a 24-hour period, we affect our work, we affect our relationships, and that's kind of it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's where it all plays out, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it plays out in just our little ordinary small lives, <laughs> you know? <laughs> we, don't, we don't really affect all that much if we're, if we're being honest, but I, just, I still feel like what we do is, is still important um, yeah. on a daily basis. All right, let's take a quick break to talk about Sonos, particularly the Sonos Beam, the smart, compact soundbar for your TV and newest addition to the easy-to-use home sound system. Guys, I cannot stress enough how much it's changed the way that I watch TV. I mean, like, specifically how loud I watch it. Um, For instance, over the Christmas holidays, I'm going to be watching the socialist musical Rent, you know, classic. And... You know, I want to hear them light their their leases on fire in in full HD with Chris Sound, and and you can do that with the soundbar. Super easy to set up. It's only one cord, but if you don't want to do that, you can also uh, use their up and running service, which means that somebody will come to your house and set it up for you. But you know, again, it's only one cable. Anyway, Beam lets you play everything you love from music, radio to movies, TV, podcasts, and more. Use AirPlay to enjoy sound from your iPhone or iPad on Beam. Plus, when you connect your Sonos speakers over Wi-Fi, you can put speakers in different rooms and listen to two things at the same time. At the same damn time! Or send sound from your TV everywhere so you never miss a second of the action, even when you're in the bathroom. Go to Sonos.com to learn more and... 
order your Sonos Beam to start your smart home sound system. That's Sonos, S-O-N-O-S dot com. Millions of men across the globe suffer from textile dysfunction leading to poor performance in their dress shirts. Thankfully, Visit in Maine has developed a cure. Their dress shirts are made with performance-driven fabrics that are designed to look great all day and require no ironing or dry cleaning. Mizzen and Main dress shirts provide all-day comfort with built-in four-way stretch and moisture-wicking technology. These are the dress shirts of choice for many top professional athletes like J.J. Watt and Phil Mickelson. If Mizzen and Main can increase their performance, imagine what it can do for you. There's no more need to be embarrassed by your textile dysfunction. Head to MizzenandMain.com to find your cure and discover the longest-lasting best look for men. That's MizzenandMain.com and use promo code SHUFFLE for $10 off any dress shirt. Ask your doctor if your heart is healthy enough for looking the best you've ever looked in your life. If you experience your dress shirt looking great for longer than four hours, good job. You're wearing Mizzen and Maine. Mizzen and Maine, look great longer. I was hip-hop from the time I was in my mother's womb. I wanted to try to do something that was a reflection of our times, our culture, and our community. You're writing and recording 19 hours a day. If you didn't get the song right, it's off the album. Next mother up. Okay, so here's the thing that I was thinking about when yeah. I was watching your Netflix show, uh, Hip Hop Evolution. I was watching the Southern Way episode because if there's Southern in the title of a, of a hip hop history show, I'm going to watch it. Don't, don't. <laughs> I was just thinking about this because another year kind of brings about the idea of life being sort of cyclical. And, mm. you know, you have to do what is possible and you have to be better than you were the day before. And that's the best that you can really do. Yeah. But cyclical is at the heart of it. Yeah. And I was watching The Southern Way, and I, and the arc is something that you see a lot. It was like a regionalized sound bubbles up and crosses over and complications start. Mm-hmm. So there were like the images of disgusted white parents, and then you got like juxtaposed that with uh, Lady Tiger saying that Two Lives Crew music was like she read it as comedy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, But there's also like Brother Marquise and DJ Classic describing the teen club sound as grimy, dirty, bass-driven. And I was thinking with the resurgence of like, say, the Raider Clan or Kodak Black Mm -hmm. or Suicide Boys and like the blown out kind of deep fried sound that is going on in Miami at the moment. Yeah. Do you find that in the fullness of time, hip hop also occurs in cycles? Wow, that's a good question. Um Hmm. I just don't want to answer too quickly, you know? Yeah. I, um, but I mean, say, yeah. like, you have, you know, Triple Six Mafia, yeah. and then yeah. you also have Marshall Mathers, and then you have Odd Future. Yeah. Like, even Horrorcore goes around. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I do, yeah, I do agree with that. Um, And then I think there's a thing that happens, too, like, even creatively where... uh Okay, I think in, say, 2010, 2012, you know, you have, like, uh, Dark Twisted Fantasy and, like, Good Kid, Mad City, like, this kind of creative apex Yeah, in a lot of ways, like, just these huge, big, overblown, like, masterpieces. And then right after that, it kind of strips down to, like, some very raw, minimal kind of hip-hop. Yeah. And so, yeah, I do think it kind of goes around. And, and when we talked to um, well, yeah, Russell was... Simmons in season one, he was talking about, like, we hated everything. Like, like we hated Michael Jackson. Like, we, we wanted just drums. Like, the fact they made us put a bass line on our song, we were so mad, you know? Like, it, you know, it went from disco to that. Like, no, we don't want nothing. Like, yeah. so, yeah, I do think that there's cycles 
in in a lot of ways, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like you were saying. There's the there was hip hop's maximalist period, then the minimalist thing, and yeah. then the rebirth of like neo jazz, and then yeah, like it yeah, it goes up and down and around and all these other things. <laughs> but yeah, but stuff yeah, stuff totally does uh, come back. Like I talked to some producers in Atlanta that are making hit records now, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know what, like trap, you know, sound. They're like, man, I'm getting into really groovy stuff. Like they, you know, they love yeah. like yeah. 80s, 70s groovy stuff. Cause they wanna now they wanna do something super musical and rich. Yeah. It's like that's yeah. interesting. I, it's uh, well, I mean, like, how else do you push things forward by yeah. except by borrowing from past trends and updating them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why I pause is because for so long hip hop had this thing that you were just describing of like regional. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's less now. Because people have access to regional sounds like immediately, versus oh, yeah. you know, versus yeah. before like no, you yeah. you, you can just Google like you know <laughs> I I want a I want a Slim K chop pack or something or like I want I want this I want this Metro Boomin drum kit and you can download something similar at least like totally. give me a a Neptune Estate type beat yeah yeah um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I do love certain scenes that still retain, like, if you go to New Orleans, like, and you put a bounce beat on anything, they're like, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I do. It's, that's the truth. <laughs> you know, I like, I, you were talking about how, off air, how you'd interviewed, like, about your interview with Adele, and I was just like, did you tell her that the Rolling in the Deep Bounce remix is better than the original? <laughs> I, I loved going there like this year and hearing Rolling in the Deep. <laughs> it's like, really? Like 2018 is still your jam? Yeah, love it. Oh, man. Uh, another thing yeah. uh, that you talked to uh, like Luther Campbell, a bunch of Miami legends in that episode. Mm-hmm. There was also like Trick Daddy talking about. Now, there was a sheriff named Nick Navarro, and he was a hater for reasons even he didn't even understand. And I was, that was so phenomenal. Also, Luther Campbell being like, I can spot, like, we're going to jail tonight. Like, when he was talking about performing uh, those those records that had been, you know, banned yeah. inside of Dade County. Um, and they were being followed by the police everywhere. And they were just like, hell yeah, let's go to jail tonight or whatever. And he was just like, there were undercovers everywhere. Yeah. Somebody wearing a Dolphins jersey and a cowboy hat, police. <laughs> um, yeah, there was, I, there's a one story he told too. I don't know if it made it in the cut, but it was really great. He was talking about how he went to some award show and the person got up and were like, we're going to give our whatever special achievement award to someone who's like broken boundaries as far as free speech and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. And he's sitting there, it's like, yeah, man, it's dope. And then they're like, and this award goes to Madonna. And he's like, damn it. <laughs> I thought. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you also host uh, CBC's Radio Q show where, again, mm-hmm. you interviewed Adele. And I understand that this is sort of like picking children, but what's your favorite <laughs> interview that you've ever done? Oh, damn. Um, okay, first that comes to mind is KRS-One. Okay. Just because... That interview was more entertaining than most concerts I've been to. Like, he's so charismatic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. Like, and he has so much energy. Um, so he would be high up 
at Q, uh, there's so many that it gets hard to remember. Um, Yo-Yo Ma was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Q was a lot of those like legend type people. Paul Simon, uh, Patti Smith. Patti Smith. Yeah. Huh. Um, who else was cool? Grandmaster Flash was cool. Q-Tip. But I'd have to say KRS-One was great. And Buster Rhymes was great. Buster Rhymes was great? Buster Rhymes was really great. I feel like Buster Rhymes would just be like... I I feel like one room is just is too small to contain Buster Rhymes. Yeah, and he's such a rap fan, which was such like that was the real pleasure of it. You know, he anyone you brought up, he would just fan out. And he told us at a certain point, he's like, "Listen, he's like in in the eighties and nineties, he's like, I bought four of every cassette when it came out. <laughs> one for my car, one for my house, one to give away, and one in case I lost it." Wow. Yeah, he's like, I bought four of everything. He's I you know. Cuban links, I have four. Like, where? That's <laughs> insane. Yeah, yeah. So. But also, like, it's 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 definitely one of those things as evident, especially if you watch like the if you go back and watch that Q-Tip versus Swiss Beats beat battle where yeah. he was like sitting in the room, like yeah. the, his reaction shots from that are gonna survive <laughs> until the the earth explodes. He it's, should it's, get into reaction videos big time. <laughs> yeah. Um, does talking to so many other artists inform your own process of making music? A little bit, yeah. Um, in the way that, um, how can I say it? Kind of indirectly. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the day we interviewed KRS-One, we also interviewed Ali Shaheed from Tribe. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't have more different energies, but they're both so special as people. Um, Ali Shaheed's so kind of smart and thoughtful and careful and sensitive. And then KRS-One is just like a fire hose <laughs> He's that just got never tapes. turns off. Yeah. Um, and I guess what it leads me to think about is, well, what do I have to offer? Like, because they're both able to just be who they are. Mm-hmm. And so it makes, it, it did make me go back to work on my music going, okay, who am I and how can I be who I am? So not in the way people might expect, you know, I didn't hear... Um, I don't know, Scarface talk about how he writes rhymes, and then I go, aha, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go make my diary. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. it wasn't like that. It was more in that sense of it was just kind of inspiring to be around these people and to think about how do they retain the sense of who they are Mm -hmm. and and channel that. So kind of in the process of doing it, like talking to people and realizing what you're not that informs like kind of, you know, oh, I am better at being observational or I'm better at being an archivist or I'm better at, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, And just the inspiration, you know, just being around these people, it just fills fills you with this sense of like, I want to make stuff. It's Mm. cool. Yeah. Um, What is, let's just go back to the album just for this last little bit. Mm. It's just... What is your favorite song to perform off of the album? Oh, uh, probably uh, Get It, Got It Good, uh, the full part one. Just because, especially live in front of people, I just love getting that energy back, you know? And that's a song where I can perform it and get this energy back from people. They can participate in the song. They can kind of bounce to it. Um, So I love doing that one live. I've enjoyed doing the first song, the Sniper song. People are very attentive and they kind of, and so that creates a dynamic in the show where the, here's a different moment where yeah. they're just kind of like very kind of thoughtful and affected in a different way. But uh, 
I like having that fun. I like concerts that are fun. Yeah, I, like I mean, to- like it, the 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 in, that that first song is mm-hmm. kind of like you know the splash screen for the movie. It's just kind of yeah, like, yeah, all yeah. right, well, this is we're on this ride now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a fun one uh, to do live. It's funny that you brought up telephone. People have asked me to do that one on tour. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting because. Yeah, just wasn't a single or anything like that. Yeah, but it's so good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, one last question. What was the last great thing you listened to? Ooh. Great? Great, or as yeah, in like, yeah. this is like, you put it on and you're just like, damn, I'm going to be listening to this until like, it's, I'm going to get sick of this, listening to it. I thought the Saba album was special. It was. It was. I thought it was special. Is. Yeah, is. Yeah. yeah it still exists. <laughs> uh, I thought the Sab- Sabbath album is special. Care For Me. Right. Yeah, Care For Me. Yeah. And then there's this album. Do you know the singer Natalie Prass? Natalie Prass. I am unfamiliar. She's, she's a cool singer. She's from Virginia and she records like with this house band. It's kind of like old school, like, you know, like a Motown kind of house band. Uh-huh. Um, and she made this album in 2015. That's just very musical and rich and she put out an album in 2018 but that album from 2015 I like it so much I still haven't listened to her new album like I'm just like <laughs> not done with it yet <laughs> uh, so that that also to me indicates that it's it's pretty it's special pretty special yeah, yeah. what like, is that album called yeah I think it's self-titled okay yeah okay well we'll have to check out the self-titled Natalie Press album and yeah. also yeah. check out a story about war by Shad. Thank yeah. you very much for coming through. To Thank talk you. It's my your pleasure. Music and everything today. I my, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. That's it. That's all we got for y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Special thanks to Shad for stopping by. Shout out my producer, Bobby Wagner. Don't forget to check out our playlist that we will be updating every week with the songs we're listening to. A link to that is in the description. Also, please rate and subscribe if you like the show. We'd really appreciate it. Peace. See you next week. Hey, y'all. Before we get out of here, let's talk again about Sonos. Meet Sonos Beam, the smart, compact soundbar for your TV. Beam lets you fill the room with rich sounds from everything you love, from music and radio to movies, TVs, podcasts, all that stuff. It's all good. Over the holidays, I'm going to be watching Die Hard 2 because it's a Christmas movie. And if you want to hear those explosions with full, rich, deep, crisp sound, get yourself a Sonos Beam. Go to Sonos S-O-N-O-S dot com to learn more and order your Sonos Beam to start your smart home sound system.